Inspired leadership for me means the willingness to inspire meaning through unwavering vision and also to encourage autonomy and learning as the vision translates into strategy and action. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Well, hey there. Thanks for dropping in and welcome aboard. It's great to have you here with us on the Inspiring Leaders show again. We're showcasing great leaders from around the planet to bring you examples of great leadership and leadership perspectives. And our aim is to make inspired leadership ubiquitous. Today, I'm so happy to touch base with a great friend and colleague, someone that our regular listeners are going to recognize instantly from episode 55, where we exposed the visionless boss and explored how you can survive. The top-ranked executive coach from the Big Island of Hawaii. Welcome back to the show, Sophia Schweitzer. Thanks, Terry. I'm really happy to be with you again, and thank you to everyone who's listening. I'm absolutely thrilled that you are here to join us again on the podcast. But I have to ask, how in the world are you doing? You've been through quite a year in Hawaii. You've had the eruption of Mount Kilauea, and then more recently hit by Hurricane Lane. Holy smokes, is everything okay? Are you doing okay? Terry, thank you for asking. And I'm A-okay, having been spared the worst where we live. Like also so many vastly tragic events around the world, the volcanic eruption here in its own way was, for me at least, just an awesome reminder that there are some natural forces out there beyond our control. That actually offers me a humbling perspective. All of the natural disasters aside, it's always great to touch base with you. The last time you came on this show, we were exposing an intolerable boss and exploring how people could survive. But this time I asked you to join us to showcase some of your leadership perspectives about imposter syndrome. But before we jump into that, I got to ask you, who or what inspires Coach Sophia? First of all, you inspire me. Oh, come on. (laughs) You really do. With your positive, generous way you are in the world with your clients and with your team, your wonderful team on your website. So I'll put the check in the mail, Sophia. (laughs) Yeah, but there are so many other names that come to mind. Michelle and Barack Obama. Oh, yeah. Deep thinkers. Anyone willing to go deep and question. The many men and women, Terry, known and unknown, who in their own ways dare to break with the traditions that no longer serve and are in it for the long end, the ones who dare to claim a place for equality in this world, dare to speak out, and who inspire me more than anything are the many men and women I've met in my work and have made a deliberate choice to want to show up better and better in their work. What a sincere answer. You're talking about people with integrity, people who are stepping up, people who are inspiring us every single day. Bravo. What a great example to set your sights on for people to inspire you. So today, we're digging into kind of a thorny topic. I think you're going to agree, right, Sophia? Yes. We've got this scary topic, and that's called imposter syndrome otherwise known as imposter phenomenon. 
this is often hidden feelings that affect a surprising number of people. People that a lot of folks know, people who have come out in the open, like Jodie Foster, Natalie Portman, Tina Fey, Sheryl Sandberg, there's many, many more. Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, she puts her experience in context by saying, every time I didn't embarrass myself or even excelled, I believed that I had fooled everyone again, and one day soon the jig would be up. Well, there's no question, that's a pretty heavy weight to bear. And I think this whole thing about imposter syndrome, it's about time that we talk about this on this show. I know that we've got a lot of folks out there that are thinking about this, dealing with this. In his writings, the eminent researcher Joe Langford described imposter syndrome as a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud, very similar to what Sheryl Sandberg said in her book. And that's really what I wanted to zero in on today, and I couldn't think of anybody better to help me do this than you. So here's something to remember. Imposter syndrome isn't a medical disorder, even if it can be emotionally disabling. Even though it's often accompanied by anxiety and stress and depression, we do not have accurate research telling us how prevalent this is in our society. But what we do know is that it's often associated with thoughts such as, I must not fail, I feel like a fake, I just got lucky. So here's something to consider. Not everyone needs to suffer through imposter syndrome. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor describes her personal strategy to overcome this when she says, I'm not a classic imposter syndrome person because I have that initial insecurity, but I'm capable of stepping outside of it and proving to myself that it's wrong. So there is hope for anyone out there who has felt this heavy, heavy weight. And today, Coach Sophia, I am so glad that you're here to join us to talk about it. Now, I was super impressed just a short while ago when I read an article of yours that you wrote on this topic. You bridged to something that I wasn't even aware of called Sonder. So, if you will, talk to us about this issue from your perspective and shine a bit of a light on this great practice of Sonder. Terry, first, I think your quote by Sonia Sotomayor holds a powerful key to diminishing the hold that the experience of feeling like a fake the imposter has on some of us. It wholly resonates with this concept of thunder. By the way, I just overheard that 70% of us experience imposter syndrome. Oh, wow, you're kidding. I just heard it this morning, and it's such a burden. As Sonia Sotomayor said, stepping outside of initial insecurity, that is exactly what that concept of thunder enables. Now, before I get going on that, Sonder is not a word found in the common lexicon. It's not in the Webster Dictionary. It was created by John Koenig in his effort to define new words, neologism, for emotions that actually do not have a descriptive term in our language but are very real. So Sonder essentially says, everyone has a story, you're not alone. So, Koenigs would define that as follows. Bear with me. Yeah. Sonder. 
the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambition, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness. An epic story that continues invisibly around you, like an anthill sprawling deep underground, with elaborate passageways to thousands of other lives that you'll never know even existed, in which you might appear only once, as an extra, sipping coffee in the background, as a blur of traffic passing on the highway, as a lighted window at dusk. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's amazing. I think it's poetic. Yeah. Coach Sophia, that deserves a bell, don't you think? I think so too. There we go. (laughs) Give that one a bell. Wow. Yes. It does. Terry, it is that bell aha moment. Yes. Your life is populated with as many worries and concerns and dreams as my own. I am not that important in your life. I'm important, but you have all your own things going on. I can step back and relax because we're all have our own thing. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're all looking at the world from our own perspectives, correct? Yes. And so imposter syndrome as that pervasive feeling of self-doubt, insecurity, fraudulence, despite any overwhelming evidence to the contrary, has us convinced that we'll be unmasked at any time. Yeah. But then that burden lifts when you get sundered. That pressure to be perfect lifts. The fact that everyone around experiences it at some point in their life. That their life is as conflicted as mine. So that burden lifts that we are central in the drama of showing up. We're only central in the drama to ourselves. We're not so important on the big scale. Just for my understanding, if I can paraphrase here. Yeah. We as humans have a natural disposition because of our perspective. We're looking out at the world. So the world is out there and we're in here. So we, by our very nature, have this look almost like we're the center of our own universe. And so we are seeing things from our side. But when we take that step out, as Sheryl Sandberg did, or as you're describing, we see the bigger picture and we understand that everybody else out there also is fighting the same fight. Exactly. Exactly. And once we get that, that we're all fighting or the same fight, living the same beauty, all our lives are both messy and great at once, knowing that we all want to be happy, we all care about something, we can let go. We can let go of that drive. And we can let go of, oh my God, they will unmask me. And we do all have those tough moments. And we have the embarrassing moments, and we have the fall on the face moments, but we also all have moments where our arm goes straight up in the air and we say, yeah, because every single day has to have a night. Every black has to have a white. Every up has to have a down. So everybody in their life is going to have some failures and some wins. Yeah. But are some of these folks, when we're talking about the imposter syndrome, Are they seeing more? Are they focusing a little bit too much on those downs? Or maybe they're just going through a phase where some of those are happening a little bit more? It could be a combination, I think. 
But I think essentially what happens, it's like it's natural to see a threat everywhere. Yeah. We also may have been raised to have to be perfect so we could get the appreciation, but we can also choose worthiness. And that's a choice we can make. We can choose to show up as best we can. And yes, we'll prepare our lecture or our presentation. Or yes, we will go for the best we can do in that moment. That's all we can do. And we are worthy. So we're not flawed. We're not perfect. We're all somewhere in the middle there. And we experience highs and lows. We all want to be happy. There's that self-preservation thing that you've mentioned. But if we make a conscious choice and we start looking at ourselves from a bigger perspective, we will see that worthiness that you're talking about. Am I getting this right, Sophia? Yes, we will see that worthiness. And it's a choice we can build on. I am still worthy. I'm still worthy. I can choose to focus on what went right today. There's more to this. You and I have talked a bit before. What else can you shine a light on? So the other thing is, rather than fighting this experience of the feeling flawed, we can just become interested in it. We can become deeply interested in the story. Oh, there it is again. I am feeling flawed again. Right? You can have a little fun with it, examine it, and discover the story behind it. Like a scientist, yeah. Yeah, like a scientist. And we'll find out, hey... It's just a story I tell myself. It's a bit of a crazy, tragic story, and it holds me totally separate from what went well and the experience we just lived through together. But I don't have to live this story. I can just have fun showing up and learning from the showing up just as it is without that negative storyline. I often compare it to trees. When a tree grows and shows up with new branches, new green, new blossoms, it doesn't question, did I do that well, that leaf that just unfurled? Oh, I really messed up that blossom over there. Trees just are bent, crooked, broken. And we as people don't demand anything from those trees. The trees belong. They're worthy. They sprung up from this earth. We're just like that. I love what you said. I'm going to take this way back from the 1960s, 1970s, Alan Watts. He was a Stanford professor. Yes. And Alan Watts had not quite the same metaphor, but very similar. He said, think of yourself as a cloud. Yeah. Does a cloud care if it's misshapen? Of course not. It just continues along its way in the sky. Or think of yourself as a wave in the ocean. Does one wave say to another one, Look at you, you're so small and I'm so big. Who cares? The waves are all just part of a gigantic ocean, and they don't care if they're misshaped. Neither should we, whatever shape or form or activity that we end up coming out with. I love your analogy about the trees, Coach Sophia. This is great. Yeah, and to get this, Terry, that's a relief, because it lifts the loneliness. If I can be a cloud in the sky along with another cloud, hey, we're in it together, right? Yeah. We have different shapes. It's okay. We can actually give ourselves permission to feel good. Yeah. It's okay. We're all grown up now. I love this. I'm wondering what might be some background to better understand the imposter syndrome 
The thing with imposter syndrome, we didn't really emphasize, but it very often strikes those among us who are so super capable, high performers, the ones with really big ambition. Yeah. When you dig a little deeper into who these people are, these are wonderful leaders. They're so great. But you discover their story and you discover a belief that they carried since early childhood. And like we talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. But the belief is that now, no matter how hard I try to measure up to some kind of standard parental figure or teacher, no matter how hard I try, I'm going to disappoint them. Yeah. Or no matter how hard I try, look at these adults around me. Clearly something is wrong with me. Otherwise, they would be different around me. So there is this thing. There's something wrong with me. I'm not perfect. I better keep myself small. And then before we know it, we keep this for 10, 20, 30, 40 years in our professional careers. It becomes a perfect system that we just start to apply (laughs) unconsciously over and over. Yeah. And it just ensures that we never get to celebrate our successes. We never get to feel good about our experiences because there's always more, more, more. I'm not perfect. And for sure, we stop ourselves from going after our deepest dreams because we're not okay. And once we get that we are okay, we can just drop that story. Yeah. We are our worst critics, are we not? Oh, we so are our worst critics. It's like I overheard someone say, would you ever hire yourself as a boss? Right. (laughs) This is perfect, Sophia. But I'm wondering now, if we flip this coin around, what are some practices that allow us to drop the story? That's a really good question, because there are some practices, and it gets easier over time. Yeah. The way I like to approach it is, first of all, to know Energy spent beating yourself up over feeling flaws can be spent way more usefully just showing up. And so if we can just catch that energy that's being spent and then step out of that initial security, just like Sonia Sotomayor says, because we know we're all in the same boat. And then we recognize, hey, that's just a story. Just that moment, Terry, that little gap, Mm-hmm. That dissipates the power of the experience of the imposter. Right. And then we can practice empathy. And the other big thing, stop comparing. Stop comparing yourself. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because that leads to new and very debilitating stories. If you go around thinking, oh, they're all judging me. Even if it were true that someone judges you over anything, Maybe you you slip the word or so. Yeah. That judgment, it actually says more about them than it says about you. Yeah, for sure. Very often we judge not to make the other feel bad, but to make ourselves feel better. So forget about others judging you. Yeah. And then, of course, the third is begin to realize that Sonder concept. We may not be at the center of everyone's life and we may not be perfect. But we are absolutely essential. We are essential just the way we are, and our contribution is always needed. Mm-hmm. I always have some questions that you can ask yourself. Hey, stop. What's the story I'm telling myself right now? Stories aren't biology. Stories are just stories. 
And if the story I tell myself isn't serving me, is it possible for myself to create a different story? And is it possible to enter any situation just saying quietly to myself, I belong? There is a lot of ways to play. And another one is gratitude. It always comes back to gratitude. The gratitude and the relief that you can just even for one moment step into that I belong, I'm accepting of myself. It's interesting. It sounds to me like you're saying taking more responsibility for your internal narrative is a big piece of this equation. It's the biggest. It's the biggest. Yeah. It's the very biggest. Sophia, I think the realization that you can do that is something that a lot of people have not really put their finger on. A lot of people get that story from inside of themselves and just buy it hook, line, and sinker without questioning it and taking that step out, as you talked about with Sonder. And I think that realizing that you have a choice between the narrative that's being played inside of yourself and what you choose as a healthier one, that makes a world of difference. Yeah, and Terry, a lot of us may not realize it, but we have all heard, stop, take a deep breath. And what are you going to do in that space that you take a breath? You look at the story, you drop into silence, and if need be, you tell a different story. And that is something we can all remember, right? Right, yeah. You know, it takes practice. Believe me, it takes practice. There again, we're all in it together. Sophia, I'm going to bridge to a couple of questions that I've been dying to ask you here. As an executive coach, you've worked with a lot of leaders from around the world. And I know that you have heard a lot of stories. You've worked with people who come at things from many different perspectives. What do you see as the biggest challenges that face leaders out there today? That's a really good question. In general, I would say the challenge today is to come to grips with ethics, generosity, inclusion, and morality, and to question what that really means. Yeah. I mean, really question it. Question myself. What do I really mean with that? Coming from my background, white European, what does it all mean? What is right view for the long end? seven generations from now. Regardless of that, I think also the biggest challenge is to focus on for this planet and for the sake of our humanity. And regardless what type of leader you are, what, regardless of the type of organization you work for, I think we really need to look at the whole issue of what are our roles in climate change and social justice. I think those two are so on the forefront. The big, big questions, right? The big, big questions, yeah. It's like we really need to expand the proverbial bottom line at this point in time. Love what you said. I think that this is so important and such a big picture perspective for people. Because it's such an inspiring perspective, I have to ask you the question that I've asked so many people on this show previously. Coach Sophia, what does inspired leadership mean to you? Oh, that is a big question. Inspired leadership, to me, means the willingness to inspire meaning through unwavering vision and also to encourage autonomy and learning as the vision translates into strategy and action. It also means to listen well, to ask powerful questions, to dance with the change we're all in, and to practice what I call fierce and fearless compassion for ourselves, for others, to respect, be generous. 
it's like, let's go far beyond profit. Let's be able to say to our teams and those surrounding us, I am here to see you and bring out the best in us. And I'm here for you to see me as well and trust that I can give you this leadership. So I often come back to it sort of a theme for me. An inspired leader ultimately asks, how can we walk each other home? Wow. I don't think we've had such a powerful answer to that question yet. Thank you, Sophia. These are incredibly valuable perspectives and ideas. Thank you so much for joining us here today and sharing your thoughts with us. I'm going to add some links to the show notes for people that want to tune in and hear a little bit more of your awesome message and to learn more about what you're doing in your coaching practice. Your website is spacebeyondwords.com. I also love getting your email newsletter. So I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes. That okay with you, Sophia? That's great. I welcome that. Thank you, Terry. Thank you so much for sharing your audience. I want to add, if anyone has any questions for Terry or myself on this topic, we love to talk about this, right, Terry? We sure do. We make a heck of a team in this regard. Well, there it is, folks. We've got another episode of Inspiring Leaders in the Can. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and being part of this adventure. You're the reason that we're here, showcasing great leaders from around the planet, and we hope that you found some value here on this show and our other shows. Take a look at our website at ubiquityleadership.com slash podcast. You'll see a long, long list of topics leadership topics, professional development topics, everything to help you out. Take some time, head over to iTunes and leave us a rating. Tell a friend and share the podcast stream with someone that you know that would appreciate becoming an even better leader. They'll thank you and you'll feel great and our tribe will continue to grow. So that's it for now. Thanks again, everybody. Take care and bye for now. (laughs) 